What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic, whatever happened to Coco Beware? For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give Jess a heart attack and follow us on Instagram or Twitter don't. at OWP2019 or on no, Facebook at our wrestling podcast? Uh, You're Jess, all trash. Well, let them follow. Let them follow. They want to. You just you, you scare them sometimes. Yeah, you know, you just, no. Do it you know. at the end. Not the Why beginning. are we doing Coco? Not that I'm not excited. I, I'm a Coco fan. I, you know, he was a big part of our childhood. Like he was the he was part of the rock in eighties. He was a part of a lot of that, and a lot of people forget about it. And you know, it's easy to always do stuff to honor like the big top of the card guys. And I don't mean that as a disrespect at all. Everybody's going to rank in life, whether you're in a company, uh, in a family, or in a wrestling promotion. Like you're gonna, there's always going to be the tops and the middles and the bottoms. It's just like that in life. Like you know, it's just the way it is. What it is. And Coco was a mid card guy. He was maybe the very definition of mid-card. Like, he was always shined up real nice on uh, syndicated television, but he lost every big pay-per-view and everything, and uh, we're going to talk about that more. Yeah, but he's uh, about, he's a Hall of Famer. Fuck. Yeah, and you talk yeah. about Memphis. He was on top in Memphis for a long time, right? Yeah, it, in, the, in territories before WWF, like, he was he was doing really well. Like, yeah. You, I mean, what, he was around when I first started watching wrestling, the first yep. years of it. And you want to talk about a guy... Kind of ahead of his time. Now you want to talk the about the luchadors yeah. and the high flying and the different stuff. He was the guy that had not one finisher, but two finishers. I'm and actually was, glad that you said that. On Saturday morning, if he hit both the bird buster slash brain buster and that flying drop kick, there was nobody that made you pop and jump out of your seat on Saturday morning than Coco B. F. and Ware. So yeah. I'm glad you said that because this was a really close episode. I wanted to do a trendsetter Coco Beware, and I just kind of figured maybe I'd get some slack on it. No. Um, or flack or whatever. Flack? Not flack. No, uh, I'd give you but slack. But then I was like, uh, is this slack or slack? I don't know. Slack is when we like about it. <laughs> yes. That'd be flack. <laughs> so I, I just, I didn't, I was like, oh, maybe I should do what happened too. Because we did a trendsetter on like Pillman and Pillman was around the same time and stuff like that. And I really think if you think about it, Oko is kind of a trendsetter because he was a cruiserweight, not identified as a cruiserweight, by the way, but he was a cruiserweight in the land of the giants. And Dave will read that in the notes too, which was unheard of because Vince has never really favored light heavyweights or cruiserweights ever. And so uh, it, it just, Oko survived for years in the WWF, which in the late 80s and early 90s was commonly referred to as land of the giants. Yeah. Well, and honestly... All we've said at the beginning of this podcast is what happened to, we could name the title, we could call it a trendsetter, you could title it, and we could, from this point forward, move to trendsetters and talk about trendsetters, you can still call it trendsetters, if you, if right. you wanted to. Because, like, yeah. and I think there's enough even in the notes that actually give a nod to it, like... Because I uh, changed some of the notes, too, yeah, like, I had, I changed some of the verbiage, I'm like, ah, maybe we should just do what happened to, and I don't mean any disrespect towards Coco, by the way, 
you know, because we're just wrestling fans trying to come up with good topics and everything and talk about stuff or whatever. So we don't mean any disrespect. We're not pro wrestlers. We we haven't sacrificed our bodies like that. So I spent a weekend at California wrestling school. Right? Yeah, we uh, spent a day or two in training. Thank you. But uh, but yeah, so Coco is a, a fucking really good professional wrestler. Really yeah. good. And uh, at the older we really get, strange. the more we're like, God, Coco was fucking good, man. Like he, he he's a he trendsetter. Went, he he, he took all I, the I boxes. Everything I said Memphis. It's uh, it's Georgia. My bad. No, you. I think he, well, he was, he in, was a few, in Memphis. He was in a few different. He was in Memphis. Yeah, he was. He was in Memphis as well. I think yeah, you were okay. right. Yeah. Um, uh, in the beginning where he cut his teeth, but he was a guy that checked all the boxes, maybe except for size and maybe physique and taking care yeah. of his body. But he had uh, promo, the colorful. He was on an ice cream bar, his t-shirts, the bird. He was a dream at first, but then hey, just man. like just this like was... kind of Jake, he's never going to be Hogan. He has Somebody to be the second or third on an ice cream bar. You've made it. So hey. Yeah. yeah. Um, Some people get really jealous about that. Nice. Just saying. Sorry. <laughs> I just got to <laughs> uh, Let's just jump right in. Coco Beware spent many successful years in the territories from Jared Jarrett's Continental Wrestling, Mid Atlantic, CWF, World Class, and Bill Watts, UWF. He learned his craft and excelled even at 5'7 and 228 pounds. That's still a big boy, 228 at 5'7. He was, I mean, and not in a bad way. Coco was was shredded back in the territories, for sure. Uh, in 1983, Coco became partners with Norville Austin and became the Pretty Young Things and would win tag titles at CWF and Continental Wrestling Association. He would briefly wrestle for Bill Watts' UWF in 1986 and change his name to Coco Beware, and he would enter the ring to Morris Day's The Bird and would flap those arms I would. Uh, I always found it interesting when talent, when talent that we thought was WWF branded, kind of started experimenting yeah. before. Yeah. Like Hogan yeah. was the same thing. Like Hogan in the AWA started Hulkamania and started that whole thing. And then when you went to WWF, they just in your mind though, it's like, oh, Vince created Hulkamania. But the word yeah. and the 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 way Hogan used it in the promo, he created in AWA before that. Go started doing a bird gimmick. Uh, ish with Bill Watts and UWF, which is weird. Because he was a high flyer, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, you think he was the, created he was it from the, the beginning in pencil it, but yeah. McMahon just puts the detention to detail that makes it pop and makes it, yeah. you know, makes it WWF. Like JYD, J- Junkyard Dog was Junkyard Dog before he went to WWF. It was. Yeah. Absolutely. You need stencils on your ass that says <laughs> thump. You need, ah, bring a, you need to bring a bird like a physical bird like that's the only difference that Vince did got that bird he's bird like do I have to travel with the bird you have travel. to indeed travel with the bird it's your responsibility but can I just flap my wings and actually just have a sound that says bird and like no paint, you like need to travel with a bird and have it be a huge burden it's a huge pain in the ass I have I travel 300 days a year alright I'll yep. alright he's making more money than me but he's I don't fucking belly go talk to Jake if you don't like that I fucking put a snake on him like, am I gonna be icy right. champ Am I going to be a C champ? Am no. I be- no. Oh. God, no. <laughs> Didn't matter. In August of Was your name Randy Savage? Then no. Then no. Coco Beware signed Where's with the World Wrestling before? Federation, where he <laughs> continued his fun-loving Birdman Coco Beware persona, complete with Macaw, named Frankie. On television, his first major showcase was at the November 29th, 1986, Saturday night's main event, 8. Where he defeated Nikolai Volkov. That's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, pickup on main event. Defeat <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. He said USA. Uh, he was then not Koloff, but uh, Coco was granted an intercontinental title match 
against that champion, Randy Savage, on the November 16th edition of Wrestling Challenge. About that went to a double count. I'd like to yeah. see that match. I did not see that match. I don't know if that's available. I'd like to see that. Disqualified right there for that. Both men could well, in fact, be counted out here as they both spent an awful lot of time outside that ring. Coco wouldn't let Savage get back in. Please. We're going to have to wait for the decision here as Savage, not too happy with the outcome of this match. Let's get the official word. The official decision on this bout, a double countout. Ah, just as I expected, both men outside the ring for an awful long time. Double countout, but still tremendous showing here by Coco Beware. Yeah, you got lucky one time, Birdman. We went to double count. Now we'll see what happens in the rematch. Flap your wings! <laughs> <laughs> and clean this bird shit up! <laughs> I knew uh, it! I told you there was bird shit after. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> These are $100 shoes! <laughs> So I did. I didn't mean one of you gave Frankie chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie can okay, eat okay. chocolate. No, oh, I can't even read. I can't even read the gives oh, the captions. Okay, chocolate oh. gives Frankie the shit. Ah, so oh. good. <laughs> it was when he joined the <laughs> WWF <laughs> in 1986 that Coco influenced the industry. <laughs> and the number one promotion in the United States. AWA? W, the, no. Oh. The WWF was well known as the land of the giants. The stars such as Hulk no. Hogan, King Kong Bundy, <laughs> Kamala, One Man Gang, and Big John Stud. And don't forget Andre the Giant. It was incredible like board. that Coco had become a featured mid-card wrestler. Yeah, I'm aware. No, birds. Creep me out. Bird, I like birds. <laughs> What I'm just running in the train. It's so good. It's so good. You can imagine. This. <laughs> I feel. I feel like this conversation's really happening. Tonight. No, no bird. No, Frankie. Bird. Frankie, scare what me. What is that? What is that? He just fucking freaks out. It's just Frankie. It's As just he's Frankie. playing cards, you know. Oh God. Damn it. Uh, so, damn it. You, using his yeah. speed and high flying offense, not Andre Coco, where size difference was not as <laughs> notable. Uh, he had notable feuds with the Islanders and Bobby Heenan, oh. the natural Butch Reed, Hercules, and Greg Valentine, where he was typically on the losing end of those. He would, however, be highlighted against enhancement talent on Syndicate TV. Yeah, we saw him pretty much every Saturday, Sunday, um, taking out a prelim, and it was fun. We loved it. Uh, we're also saying the title track of the 1987 WWE album Pile Driver, which then became his entrance music. He also started the music video. Uh, Jess, please. Like, honestly, that like, again. that's a big deal. Like, again, you know, yeah. when, when you think of 80s wrestlers or rocking 80s, you know, everyone's going to say Hogan, well, Piper Coco, Savage. Coco and, could really sing, though. But Coco was, was like, yeah, he could really sing and he was super talented. So they put him, him on the Pile Driver album. Yeah. He sang the fucking title track. It's awesome. And it's great. It is great. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to listen to it right when we're done with this. Actually, we I'm did a paper out together as children, and we used to oh, blast my the Pile memories, Driver <laughs> album while at five driver. in the morning throwing yeah. papers. Pile Driver. Oh. Yeah. 
He was that. positioned for greatness at this point. If he was trusted with like being the face and it's it's almost like a, a bit of a missed opportunity with him too. Like, man. He was never gonna yeah, be Hogan, I mean, but it, he could have stayed up top. Because Vin well, Vince never um liked cruiserweights per se. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what that threshold is. And it, Coco was small. He was five seven. It wasn't he wasn't as big. And even for a male wrestler, five seven is pretty small. Yeah. So that you is know, that is true. I, well, but yeah. I mean, like Dave kind of read a little bit about it too. His wrestling, I never remembered. I knew he was a short wrestler even growing up. He never but came off they, as a cruiserweight. Or there against guys guy. like Bundy and the Boss Man, guys that were noticeably bigger. Looks and fine. His, the way he wrestled, he made himself look equal as far as size was yeah. concerned. So it's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. During a 1989 <laughs> European tour, uh, Coco Beware was fired for his part in a physical alteration. What? Altercation. He, with WW executive Jim Troy. He sounds like an asshole. Scissor fight um, with Frankie? Mm, no. no. Uh, Troy apparently Scissor had fight. used racial slurs during the argument, oh, uh, after which the dispute had turned physical. Uh, where Kogobira was later rehired, though, a little over a month when Troy resigned. So it sounds like they got a little heated, let Coco go. Coco go. And, uh, and then when they got down to it, it sounds like Troy had And then to get found out that out. this uh, Troy prick was an asshole. And then so they're just like, yeah, so we're going to hire you back. We, Anybody we, named we had to let you go because you fought. Yeah. Good for Coco. Yeah. yeah. And there's also but, a memorable, not to sidetrack, and I don't know, I just thought of this because I was thinking of like someone who doesn't put up with bullshit for some reason, but Coco kind of shooting a little bit on like a, uh, was it an NWA taping or something with a guy that wasn't going his way? No, it was like old, a, I, I, uh, fuck. I don't remember. It wasn't NWA, but, um, yeah, we did it on our, uh, archive episode. Uh, yeah, it's in our archive. One of the wrestling gets real prelim edition. Yes. Wrestling yeah. gets real prelim. Yeah. And he beat up some prelim cause he disrespected him back. Before go the back, match. go back and Coco look at was that. a legit tough guy. Coco would whip your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in WWE, you always saw Coco as the happy go lucky kind of wrestler. Yeah. But when he was on top, if you mess with him out there, I, I, and I thought I'll that's what was, I, I, I thought, I, I thought that legitimately was in Memphis when that happened. Because I, I think the answers were talking about Memphis, and that's where it, was it might be Memphis, brain. Dave. You might be right. Yeah, yeah, right. and it was, and that's where it was. And and yeah, he he just destroys this guy. And after he punches him and pins him, he slaps the shit out of when it's over too. Yeah, it's, like one last. I was like, like Coco was upset. Like something happened in the back, or something happened right at the beginning of the match, and he was noticeably not Coco. Like he wasn't yeah. happy. He he complained thing. about the bird shit. He's like, why is it why is it why is it gotta be such a bird shit? Did he even have funny. a bird at the time? Well, well that's really funny. There was no bird, there was no bird at the time. Coco was not that was pre-bird. That was pre His whole life, for sure. like for some odd reason, people are like, Is there why is there bird shit here, Coco? He's like, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> so at the at Survivor Series nineteen ninety, totally Coco Beware would get his bird. first television victory for the Undertaker. What? hold on. What's would up? Be, oh, would be Skip the first the victory for the Undertaker, excuse me, and the first yeah, Undertaker get... debuted at Survivor Series '90, and, and that's uh, the first person to get yeah. the pile driver tombstone. He oh, he gave the God. the first televised tombstone pile driver to Coco, and he was he was uh, Coco was his first pinfall victory. The Undertaker Survivor wow. Series '1990. Outsmarted, and outstruck. Look at this. Hang on to him like a sack of. Oh, he just got nailed with a tombstone. What is it? I think it's a tombstone, and it's over. It's over for that guy. It sure was a tombstone. Thank you, That's Coco. Awesome. That's great. In 1992, uh, Ware would team up with Owen Hart to form the high-flying team known as High Energy, well-known for their gigantic, baggy, brightly colored pants. I call them hammer pants. 
and checkered suspenders because that's what they the are. world calls them hammer pants yeah. <laughs> yeah so those are total hammer pants and by the way that's a good they should have done it sooner maybe that, that that was and it didn't go anywhere really but you know i i, I enjoyed it a uh, high energy with feud and really lost to a lot the nasty boys the head shrinkers and money incorporated they made only one pay-per-view appearance as a team a loss to the head shrinkers at the 1992 survivor series uh coco would job out to several stars after he and owen split up one of them being yokozuna on the first ever oh raw. my god coco where was on the first ever raw Coco, beware, down on the canvas. Get up uh, from there. No, please don't. Get up from there, Coco. You better be moving out of the way. Coco. There's about to be an earthquake here Get in up. New York City. Busted! Oh, no. My goodness. Record players just skipped in one. Coco was he went really? through it. The only person who yeah. went through more generations, I feel like, sometimes is The Undertaker. But Coco went through some stuff. Like, you're, you're you're talking about him landing with Undertaker, wrestling with the likes of Macho Man, and, and then you know Yoko at the end. It's just that's so much in between. That's that's pretty awesome. It's an awesome career, really, when you think about it. He appeared at WWE Homecoming. Raw's returned to the USA Network on October third, two thousand five. Sounds like a one nighter where he fought and was defeated by Rob Conway. Back in uh, five. On April fourth, two thousand nine, Ware was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. By the Honky Tonk Man, and he would wrestle his first match in 2019. I have to ask, were him and the Honky Tonk Man close? Like they were tight. I don't know That's why weird. they chose that. I mean, they were friendly, I'm sure, and I think they did uh, hang out in Memphis together. And my last thanks goes to the WWE. For giving me the opportunity to share my wrestling talent with all the fans all over the world. Thank you, and God bless the world. Yeah! No, yeah, so he's a Hall of Famer. He was put in in 2009 in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, and I, I don't want to bring this up as a, a, a downer note. Um, Oh, yeah, I know that sparked doing. a lot of controversy. Uh, a lot of people always kind of say WWE Hall of Fame. It's not really a Hall of Fame. It's just like, what have you done for me lately? And it's a little political, which I think most Hall of Fames are, right? Am I correct in saying that? Um, but you know, people, but people who say that though don't don't know Coco's backstory. In the ap- after Coco was, got inducted, well. it became a, a point of debate. Uh, you know, it was like, and a lot of people would call him the floor of the WWE Hall of Fame. Bullshit. Like, well. If it, yeah, and I just I, I I only say that and I don't mean to be a down note because I want us to buck back and say like that's trash and that's a crappy way yeah, to I think disagree. and fuck you and fuck you because you want to know why wrestling's fake. All these people put their bodies on the line, men and women equally. You know, uh, Steve Lombardi was a jobber for years, so because he didn't win, it, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Yeah, for the stuff that he did for jobbing for so many years, he was in handsome talent for years. And yeah. then he did stuff behind the scenes for years more, like after that. So I think yeah. that um I think that you people who just <laughs> I understand I understand the thought of it, right? Like if you want to pretend wrestling's real, sure. Why would you put a jobber in the Hall of Fame? But we all know wrestling's not real. And so when the Hall of Fame happens, I think that you should celebrate their 
Yeah. Outside anyway, of the ring persona, if you, if you, and they're inside the ring. If you made it real, persona. I think Coco would have beaten a lot more people than he lost to. Because yeah. valid point, a valid point on that statement for sure. But I mean, like, it's just uh, Coco was he was a talented wrestler that that sacrificed just as much as the rest. And yeah. we, we talked about all the names that he wrestled. He, what else do you and want? He is a trendsetter. It's about like being a good about. hand. It's about making guys. Um, mm -hmm. Undertaker. He did the yeah. first night. He did that. And Yokozuna he never, he never argued about it, it for years. Just did did his job. And probably um, was an amazing worker and on every house show and probably never missed a loop. And even on that, like, fight and by the way, fire, for his right. size, for his yeah. size, an overachiever. Yeah. Yeah. In, we in, that, about in that promotion in WWF. You can argue 10 years later, he are, could have been well, part I of the I always wondered, like, whenever um, uh, Pillman and um, uh, Liger and stuff were feuding in 91, 92 for the w, w, WCW. Uh, light heavyweight championship like why in the world coco didn't go over like i yeah. you know he just loved wwe and and he loved the the stability of the check and everything like that why didn't he go over why didn't we see him on nitro when I the think he, division first i don't like, this is awful because we don't know who he is or whatever but i will say when he the, the physique that he started with in 87 88 he lost kind of fairly quickly and then gained weight all through yeah. his career and high energy and was still agile and did all the right stuff but he was noticeably heavier for the rest of his that's, career. Uh, so maybe he didn't he look never, like a cruiserweight uh, so they didn't want to put him yeah. Yeah, he just never also, had the body that's a, for that, that's a v, that's a VKM kind of ask of you need to get bigger. Yeah, yeah but also bigger. I think in kind of industry wide too, right? If if you're if you're not going to yeah. be 7 foot and True. 500 pounds, then you better yeah. keep yourself if, in shape. If you're 6 foot 5, you can gain some LBs and yeah. be fine. But like if you're 5 foot 7, like yeah, you can't and that's not if me shitting on Coco. Like yeah. Probably no, told, true. people told him to put weight on his entire career so he did, and then he got shit on for it. Like just yeah. or maybe just that, life is hard and you have to carry exactly a bird that. and care for a bird on the road for 300 days a year in a car. You you eat some carbs. You know, bird shit everywhere you go. Yeah. Coco, you know, was an unbelievable uh talent in the ring, a lot of charisma, a lot of personality, and was a smaller guy as far as height goes. But you talk about tough. I'd put Coco in there with any seven footer fucking supposed tough guy that there was, and I think Coco would be the one walking out. I wanted to do it because, yeah, like I, I he's in the Hall of Fame. I thought it was ridiculous that people start like backlashing, going, "Oh, this might be the bottom," you know? No, that that upsets me. Like, stop it. Who like, said that? The Hall of Fame is to recognize people who don't get recognized on screen. There are so many unsung heroes who were I jobbers, and Coco was even a, a jobber. He was a mid card. Uh, he was yeah. a mid card wrestler. Like uh, Coco that's, should that's be honored. That, Why that's is a, that the that's bottom? That's a way to say it. Like you, you put it's them no in the sense. Hall of Fame because you to to show what they did that you didn't see. And so much right. of wrestling is about what you don't. see. Yeah, um, I it, agree it, with that. Seeing people getting put in the Hall of Fame, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Like you get to actually see like their untold story. About how important they really were. For audio fans, give us a listen to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, or watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel. On social media, can you just follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWB2019 or on Facebook at our wrestling podcast? For Jess, Craig, and Dave, this is the OWP signing off. Have a good one. Doesn't this don't mean I don't want to do cows Do you got your name? This world is wrong to pay